Hi, it's David here. We hope you're enjoying the Leader Coronavirus Daily and finding the news, interviews and analysis useful during this pandemic. Let us know on social media by using the hashtag The Leader Podcast. And please do subscribe, rate and share the show through your provider. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Furlough can't last forever, so what's next? It's a difficult situation because there's this huge amount of government funding that's gone in. The risk of the cliff edge coming out of that is a significant problem. Craig Bowman from the Federation of Small Businesses. As the Evening Standard reveals the Chancellor's considering reducing the subsidy from 80 to 60%. And we've met a couple of the tests, that's quite clear. A couple probably have not been met, and one is probably not very clear at the moment. Deputy political editor Nicholas Cecil. Boris Johnson set five tests for the UK to come out of lockdown. How close is the country to passing them? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the future of follow. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. Last week on this podcast, London Mayor Sadiq Khan said the furlough scheme had to go on long after the UK comes out of lockdown. It is the case those who work in pubs, those who work in culture, those who work in the creative industries won't be able to come out of uh, lockdown as quick or have their lockdown eased. And for them, they'll need to be support in the longer term. But it can't continue forever. Taxpayers are meeting the wages of 6.3 million people. The cost is around £8 billion. The Chancellor says it's heading towards the same budget as the NHS. The Evening Standards revealed the government's now looking at ways to taper off the subsidy, perhaps starting with reducing it from 80% of an employee's wage to 60%. 
Our editorial column says furlough has been a victim of its own success. Here's a problem that governments don't often have. A policy is too popular and too successful. But there is a problem. Indeed, there are two problems. The first is cost. The lockdown is set to last longer than those at the heart of the government had assumed when they announced it back in March. There is also a second problem, which few dare to talk about yet, but which the Treasury knows must be addressed. Many of those on furlough will return to their jobs as economic activity is allowed to slowly restart and businesses recover. Sadly, however, many others will not be able to go back to their old jobs. For now, these problems can be held off, but it speaks to the Chancellor's honesty and good sense that he is preparing the public for the end of furlough. The new Chancellor is about to find out that handing out money is the easy part of the job. Taking it away is a lot harder. Well, those most dependent on the furlough scheme are the small firms, many of which are struggling to keep going while customers are stuck in their homes. Joining me now is Craig Bowman from the Federation of Small Businesses. If the government goes ahead with cutting furlough from 80 to 60 percent, Craig, how could that affect your members? Well, small firms must be allowed, we think, to get back on their feet one step at a time. You know, we employ 16 million people. Um, it's a difficult situation because there's this huge amount of government funding that's gone in uh, into the fellow scheme, which was really welcome. It has saved millions of jobs. So absolute credit where it's due. The risk of the cliff edge coming out of that is a significant problem. But we've also, even during the early stages of this fellow, picked up there are some few issues that are not being flexible enough. So what we are saying to government right now is to say that can you let furloughed staff back to work a small proportion of their contracted hours as work comes in? Could they have a few hours where they could do things like quote for contracts for future work? Could they process payments that are needed to get out to other businesses, especially small businesses? That kind of thing where there isn't enough to justify a full job, but could you allow that flexibility? I'm not sure it works with a simple, oh, let's just reduce the 80% to 60%. I don't think that's that's... I don't think that's, that sounds to me like a very fair way of doing it. It should be based on the employer seeing what work needs doing and then bringing people back. If furloughing did suddenly stop, now it doesn't look like this is going to happen, but if it did, what would be the impact on small businesses? Well, there'd be a huge impact. I think there'd be an instant impact uh, on all businesses where uh, businesses aren't sure if they can come back. You've got major companies up to massive sizes not sure if they can come back and when. And that would trigger the redundancy consultations. So because they've spent so much money on these schemes, which is very, very welcome, if they suddenly turn the taps off, you could have the economy come to a juddering halt and actually head into an instant recession. But in fact, what we really want is this V-shaped recovery, a bounce back. And you need those companies and people in these furloughed roles to be in place and ready to reactivate. Otherwise, you can't bounce back. So that temptation from government to pull back support has got to be resisted. And I think it is. I think it is. It's an instant kind of response to spending a lot of money is to work out how to stop spending a lot of money. But that's not the right approach here. And I don't think the government will end up going that way. But that leads to what I admit is quite a difficult question, Craig. But how long should furloughing go on for? I think if you're looking at the whole economy, I think you should tack it across to how the how the economy recovers. So at the moment, it's June. I think there's a very strong case that says that you should look for for the sectors that are officially closed, you keep the full furlough scheme going for as long as that closure exists. And that's because of health advice. 
Now, for the rest of the economy, you can take a different approach and you can say, right, your workspace can now start coming back. The economy is beginning to recover. Let's reduce the amount of money going into furlough and allow a staggering return of the workforce. I think that's the right way to go. Now, how long that lasts? Well, it depends to some massive degree on the health advice that comes in. If it's not safe to do so, businesses should not open. What about staff though, Craig? People may be having to take another pay card on top of the one they've just had to accept, perhaps looking at other opportunities elsewhere where they can get more money. Is it gonna be difficult for small businesses to retain their workforce as furloughing continues? I think that's a natural, actual response to coming back. You know, we've seen a depression in obviously the housing market. You've seen a depression in activity around recruitment. So many people haven't wanted to, to, to move jobs. So that has been stopped. So people are in staying in jobs. You've even with the furlough scheme had people who have left places, joined somewhere new and then been let go, returning to their old employer. And the government has said that is fine. The old employer can take you back on and put you in the furlough scheme. So you keep going. You've seen people do temporary jobs while they've been furloughed, and that's great too, but maybe they'll have ideas of doing new things. I think you've got innovation hitting right across. So, you know, I know businesses where the different people within the business have done different things. So you might furlough a portion of the workforce, but then you mix up the responsibilities of those people who are still in work, and people might try something new and like it. So I think there's naturally going to be a change when we come back. And I don't think that's anything to be feared. I think that is a natural, a natural human reaction to coming back. Next. It's really a very, very tough choice facing the Prime Minister. Almost inevitably more deaths. And weighing that up against the clear benefits of trying to get the economy going again. Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecil. Can the UK meet the five tests to break out of lockdown? In classic Greek mythology, as Boris Johnson knows, an enslaved Hercules was tasked with 12 labours in order to escape the sickly king Eustathius. They were considered all but impossible to complete, slaying monsters, fighting three-headed dogs without Harry Potter's help, fetching golden apples, that kind of thing. The point is, they were, to use a modern word, Herculean challenges that required individual strength, teamwork, perseverance, patience and courage. In order to escape the coronavirus lockdown, the UK faces just five tests. Does the NHS have enough capacity? Has there been a sustained and consistent fall in daily deaths? Is the rate of infection decreasing? Is there enough PPE to meet demand? Is there a risk of a second peak? These are the government's and the country's Herculean challenges. To lift the lockdown, every one of these has to be overcome. So how close are we? Our Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecil has been taking a look and joins me now. Nicholas, have we met the five targets? Well, uh, we've met a couple of the tests, that's quite clear, and a couple probably have not been met, and one is probably not very clear at the moment. The first test, which is that the NHS has sufficient capacity to provide critical care and specialist treatment right across the UK, that one looks pretty clearly to have been met. Hospitals are now restarting operations which were cancelled as the COVID crisis started and less than a third of critical care beds are now occupied by coronavirus patients. Also, if you look at the number of people in hospital with COVID, 
that has come down really quite sharply. In early April, the figure was heading towards 5,000 in London alone, and now that's down to around 2,000. The second test which does look to be met is one for a sustained and consistent fall in daily deaths from coronavirus. The third test, which is reliable data to show that the rate of infection is decreasing to manageable levels across the board. Now, on this, scientists believe that the rate of infection, uh, what is known as R, is around 0.7. And that means that each person is on average passing the infection to less than one person. So the disease is now on the decline. But what the scientists don't know is the level of infection across the country. And what ministers have ordered here is a study, a very wide study, around 20,000 people across the country, which has been carried out by the Office for National Statistics. And this is trying to measure the level of infection in Britain, and that's a crucial missing piece in the jigsaw before they can start relaxing the lockdown. And where else are we struggling? Now, on testing, the government has a capacity of around 100,000 tests a day at the moment, and that's enough to start relaxing gradually the lockdown. But it also needs an army of new recruits, of people who can trace the disease across the country. Initially, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, has announced that he wants to recruit 18,000 people for this huge exercise. So Keir Starmer thinks the figure should be even higher. He believes you probably need around 50,000 people for this huge track, trace and isolate operation. The problems with PPE, they've been very long running and they have not been sorted yet, uh, particularly in care homes, their shortages with care home workers not having the correct equipment yet to do their work properly. And then there's a the final test, which is the government being confident that any adjustments to the current measures will not risk a second peak of infections that overwhelm the NHS. This one is not that clear-cut. The scientists are still discussing um, very carefully a whole range of measures which could be taken to relax the lockdown. So very intense discussions going on at the moment in Whitehall. But having said that, for a second peak to overwhelm the NHS, that would have to be an even worse epidemic than we've had so far because the government has set up a network of Nightingale hospitals across the country with thousands of extra beds which were never used in the first peak. So for a second peak to overwhelm that, it would really have to be pretty horrific. On that last one, there is a concern apparently that people might deliberately get themselves infected, Nicholas? Yes, this has emerged from documents released by the SAGE Committee, which is the scientific body which advises the government. One of the papers that they looked at a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, um, discussed what will happen when antibody tests are available. These are the tests which will tell whether somebody has had coronavirus. Now, the concern is that you could have a two-tier system of people in the country created by these tests. So people who have had COVID would then be able possibly to return to work more easily, possibly even to go out more easily. Whereas people who tested negative, i.e. they don't have the infection or did not have the infection, then they could, in theory, be discriminated against by their employers saying, we want people who have had COVID working rather than those who hadn't. So the suggestion from the paper discussed by the committee is that some people 
may actually then deliberately go out to try to get infected so that they are classed as having had COVID or that there could be other ways to gain the system such as fake tests. I don't think that people deliberately infecting themselves with COVID-19 was probably in the government's original projections. But these are all the things that need to be considered, don't they, when they, they look at lifting the lockdown on Thursday, and I believe the Prime Minister is still to make a statement on Sunday. It's really a very, very tough choice facing the Prime Minister. It's certainly nothing he could have imagined he would have to make less than a year into office. And he basically is having to weigh up the pros and cons of lifting the lockdown and how much that would benefit the economy. And it comes down really to deciding the level of tolerance for coronavirus with more outbreaks likely and almost inevitably more deaths, and weighing that up against the clear benefits of trying to get the economy going again. Because the lockdown is not a solution to COVID. It just buys you time to try and find a vaccine or to develop medicines or to put in place the test, track and isolate system you need. But ultimately, the lockdown has got to be eased very gradually to try and get a degree of normality returning to Britain. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>